Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you are joining us this morning. I'm Ben. And my name is Mel. Good morning. And if this is your first time here, we'd like to welcome you. If this is your first time back, we'd like to say welcome Welcome home. home. And also to our people online, good morning. Yeah. And so before we get started, we do want to just share with you a lot of things that we have here, here at New Hope. And so first of all, we have our prayer room right here in our sanctuary, as well as our nursery for babies to two years old. And then, of course, we have our marvelous children's ministry and our relentless youth ministry on the wing right there. And, of course, we have our fellowship hall where we have breakfast available for purchase. I believe it's Locomoco, right? Locomoco. Yeah, Locomocos. And then we have our... After, after service. After service. After service. You yeah. Can go eat after. I mean, if you're hungry now, there's TVs in there so you can watch service and yeah. eat. Yeah, you can actually do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We also have our well that you can buy. Uh, you can purchase smoothies and snacks, acai bowls, and our <laughs> and our resource center. That you has, never need one prompt. I never need one prompt for service. Yeah. We're all in. And so, We're all in. yeah, we have we have our resource center, Bibles, books, journals to help you in your walk with the Lord. There's our restrooms in there as well, and then right through these double doors on the right, it's our connecting wall. And on our connecting wall, we have these little cards. And if you're interested, if God's putting serving on your heart. In some form or fashion here, um, there's these cards that describe different ministries that you can serve in, whether it's camera, whether it's sound, maybe on the worship team. Um, So get a card. You can fill it out. You can turn it into our information center. There's also our offering boxes along the wall in the back of our sanctuary or in the fellowship hall. So if God's putting serving on your heart, you definitely want to go check out these cards. Yeah, and we also have a lot of events coming up. And not to scare anybody, but it is October, which means you're going to blink, and it's going to be Christmas. So Operation Christmas Child is happening. And so if you don't know what Operation Christmas Child is, Operation Christmas Child is a wonderful ministry where we get to reach kids all over the world and share with them not just a shoebox filled with gifts and goodies, but we get to share with them the good news of Jesus. And so I think uh, I, I think I saw people walking out today with yeah, boxes. Yeah, you can actually grab a box today. Yeah, you can grab a shoe box it. today, and then you can fill it up. There's a whole uh, list of things that you can and cannot put in. But I think what's my most favorite part is when at the end, I believe it's going to be November, we're going to collect all the boxes back. And what's so amazing is every single year we see the children in our children's ministry actually praying over the boxes that we send out to those kids in need. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Your favorite part is praying over the boxes, the children. You sound like one pastor. My favorite part is the challenge. Oh, that's right. The challenge of how many yeah. we can do as a congregation. I think this year we're going to go for 500. We're going for 500, people. We 500. are going for 500. Can. Can. Because last year we did almost. 380, I think. I think we did over 400 together. Oh, okay, together. Okay. Yeah. So 500. Can. 500 can. I don't count how many people in service right now. Everybody <laughs> grab one box on your way out. I'm going to find you. You guys better have one box on your way out, huh? <laughs> And then, of course, no, we no, have no, our no, no. next month. We yes. have our kupuna, yes, our kupuna luau. Our kupuna luau. It's for kupuna. They're not putting it on. So if you're 55 and older, tickets are on sale now. You can get them at our, get them at our information center. Uh, the it's not today though. Yeah. The luau's not today. It's yeah, in November. Today. Tickets are on sale now. You know, but our kupuna ministry—they have a lot of fun. I mean, these our kupunas—you know—they do so. They've done so much already, and it's so amazing that they get to have fun. I know they're gonna eat good food. Gonna have at least lao lao. I know gonna have that. Yeah, Hawaiian food. Gonna have local uh, live, live music. music. Yeah. So uh, kupuna ministry. I was just wondering if we add our ages together. Uh, you guys need chaperones. Uh, we we yeah, we we, yeah, we, we yeah, over yeah. fifty-five together. Yeah. Together we're 50. right. Yeah. Okay. 
That's not going to fly. We're not going to be able to go. I don't think Pastor going to let that fly. But if you are a Kupuna, this is something that you definitely want to go yes. to. And you also want to invite your friends who are Kupunas. Yeah, and if you don't know, we have services here on Wednesday nights at 6.30. There's dinner for purchase from 5.15 to 6.15. And we're actually going to kick off our connection series this week, Wednesday, where we bring our Foursquare connection home to you via video. Now, you might be wondering, what is Foursquare? Foursquare is actually our denomination, and it's really cool because this, starting this Wednesday, we're going to kick it off this Wednesday, Wednesday with our Foursquare denominational president, Randy Remington. And what I love about it is, is as we go through these next few weeks, we get to hear from all these amazing speakers that are part of our Foursquare family right here, and we get to learn more about what God is doing in Foursquare. And it relates to us too so it's awesome yeah so as you can hear and see there's a lot going on if you didn't already download our new hope church app uh, and in, after service if you see us stop by talk story we'd love to connect more with you yeah right on can we thank mail for helping us out with the announcements thanks mail at this time, we're going to get ready to pray over our tithes and offerings. And if this is your first time to New Hope, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. You know, what's amazing is we're just talking about Foursquare and how we're part of our Foursquare family. And what I love about Foursquare is as we can, as we give our tithes and offerings unto the Lord through Foursquare, uh, he reaches people far from him, but also people that are, that are experiencing difficulties and times of need especially uh, not just here in Hawaii but even in our nation and our world in fact there is a lot of people in Florida right now that due to Hurricane Ian they're experiencing a lot of hardships and what's so amazing is that we have four square pastors in Florida right now that are reaching out and serving people in fact let's take a look at one of our four square pastors hey everyone this is Jordan Rowe I'm the pastor at Mission Community in downtown Fort Myers and we have been slammed. This is about the worst case scenario where I'm standing was under 10 feet of water. Uh, these are actually piers that actually belong out in the river and out in the bay. Uh, it's been a heavy couple of days, uh, but I want you to know something that God actually spared our facility in downtown. We have miraculously power and water while everyone else is out and we are staging a place to bring care. So Foursquare Disaster Relief has uh, food and supplies on the way. Uh, we are prepping our teams to go bring relief uh, to different parts of our community. Uh, we want you to know, please be praying for us. Uh, we would love if you can give to Foursquare Disaster Relief. We've got a long road ahead of us as we're helping rescue people, but we believe that God is greater and that he can restore. So thank you for your prayers. We'll keep you posted. What's amazing about that is that later on after service, there's going to be a QR code that's going to go up. And so if you feel called to give to our Foursquare Disaster Relief, you can actually scan the QR code and you can give there. But when we give to the Lord our tithes and offerings, it is such a joy when we get to see more and more people come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. And that's what it's all about, reaching people far from the Lord and loving them. Would you join me as we pray for our tithes and offerings this morning? Lord, we come before you, Lord. And Lord, first of all, we just want to thank you so much for being our God. That, Lord, you are so great. And that, Lord, you allow us to be a part of reaching people far from you, people that are in need of faith, hope, and love. And as we, give into, as we give unto you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so knowing that as we give unto you, you're going to take it and you're going to multiply it so that lives are forever changed for all of eternity. And so, Lord, for those who are giving, I pray that you bless their heart and let them know that what they're doing has eternal rewards because everything you do is for our eternity. 
Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we continue to look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Bro, first of all, you and man put together, that's 70. So don't act like you guys some young chickens. Anyway, unless you guys don't know how to add up, that's different. But thank you guys for being a part of something bigger than who we are here today. And just an update on what's happening in Florida. Yes, there are a lot of um, homes and uh, businesses that have been just devastated and, and wrecked that we get to be a part of the relief efforts. And although it may take months and even years, we do one thing at a time. A case of water goes a long way right now. And even for those who are on the ground, knowing that we're a part and, and praying and not just giving, but it's also praying for them. When they know that we're doing this, it inspires them. It gives them that encouragement. But it also reminds them that the body of Christ cannot be stopped when we do things together. So thank you for being a part of that. Uh, today we're going to uh, hit, hit a little topic that we all know of, and the word is followers. So when we, when we say the word followers, we, many of us will gravitate towards uh, like social media, right? We say followers, how many followers do you have? And we'll, we'll relate it to social media. It's amazing that we can have, you know, a thousand followers, but just two friends. We can have followers in social media, but no friends in real life. And so this word follower can mean so many different things to so many different people. And whatever the context you find yourself in, that word can be good and it can also be devastating. If you're a follower regarding uh, like a sports athlete, that you follow them so that you can learn from them, then you glean from them. If you're a follower of a celebrity because you like their fashion or if it's makeup or whatever it is, and you follow them, it's so that you can learn something. And so that word follower or being a follower of someone or even something can, can benefit your life. But at the same time, if you're following someone that's leading you astray, from where you could be in your life, then we might want to do a reassessment of who we're following or sometimes what we're following can be detrimental to our life. So today is almost like a realignment. Who am I following and what, what does that word follower mean to me? Because in the kingdom of God, when we talk about followers, we liken it to following Jesus, which we label it as a Christian, a follower of Jesus or a disciple someone who follows Jesus. A, a disciple of Jesus is a follower of Jesus. We follow people. We follow celebrities. We follow trends. We follow directions as best as possible. We even, like, if you, if you grew up in the, let's just say, 70s and 60s, there's a certain hairstyle, right, that was, that was given at that time, and you follow those trends. I know some of you are looking at me like, you're walking on thin ice right now, buddy. What's happening? What are you talking about, the hairstyles? Because if you look at your graduation pictures and your old pictures, your hair is not like that anymore. It is different. Now, there may be some of you who wear the same hairstyle, Filipinos, and it might still be the same throughout the history of time. It might still be the same through decades. It just might be the same. Or if you grew up in the 80s, that's when hairstyles just changed a lot, right? The trends. It was mohawks, bald, um, afros, uh, kind of feathered a little bit, and... and uh, or maybe it was like you had lines in your head. And, and these are just the women. The men had long hair, ponytails, tail, dyed hair. And it, like the whole spectrum of trends of hair 
really radically changed in the 80s because it was a trend. We followed certain trends. I know in the 70s, there was feathered hair because of one person, and her name is? Look at your age. You know exactly who I was talking about. So my mom did the very same thing. She said, no, we're going to make your hair feathered. I'm like, what is that? She goes, it's going to look nice because of Farrah Fawcett. I'm like, mom, that's a woman. She goes, no, but it will look nice on you. It'll look, you got to grow your hair long. Look at it, it's still feathered. And she would dye my hair. And like, I was in an experiment for her. Like if it, if, and she would, she would be like, no, I need to know what color I'm going to color my hair. So I'm going to do yours first. And if it comes out how I want it, then that's the color I'm going to get. But that was a trend. That's what we did in those seasons and at those times because that's what we were following. And who we follow and what we follow is going to impact our life. And the world knows that. So the world tries their very best to make something so good that we follow it or we follow them. Jesus did such a great job. He... In fact, he knows that we were created to follow. We were created to follow. That's why we follow certain things and certain trends because we're created. It's innate. It's built inside of us. But it wasn't created so that we follow things or other people or even religion. Jesus knows that it's there so that we follow him because he has the best life for us to live. He, in fact, he, he modeled the best life to live. And so he didn't tell us to follow a program. He didn't tell us to follow some laws some rules or a list of things he just said hey follow me because that's the best way to live a life it's to follow him so he knew that we would be people if we had a list of things we'd turn it into a religion if it was something that made us better or feel good we'd turn it into a cult we'd turn it into something that benefited us and forget about everything else and even people sometimes but when we follow him it is always about God you and others and his way of doing things is so counterintuitive to the way we want to do things even countercultural to wherever we live even the currents of the world he will go against because there's a way for us to live in a life that he promised us it's recorded over 30 different times and 30 different perspectives in the new testament of the bible where Jesus used those two words, follow me. In one context, it was with the fishermen. He said, hey, I, come follow me, and then I will make you fishers of men. What he wasn't saying is, you're going to have a, a reel, you're going to hook some people, and now you're going to get them. He was saying, no, you know that same concept you have of working hard and, and doing whatever possible so that you can catch fish? Yes. Use that same principle to now help people find me. You're going to bring them to me. And then you let me do the changing in them. Your responsibility is not to change them. Your responsibility is to introduce me to them in this relationship. That's why Jesus isn't a religion. He is a relationship. He said, follow me as a person, as an individual. Jesus also said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. What he wasn't saying in this context was, don't go to funerals. Or don't worry about your family or, or, or you can do that later. What he was saying is you're always going to have a reason to not follow me. There's always going to be a reason. You're going to have funerals. You're going to have people to pray over sick people. You're always going to have that. 
just don't forget me in the midst of all the things that are gonna take place in this life that you're gonna have to deal with. It's gonna happen, it's inevitable, but don't forget about me. Continue to follow me. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he looked at Matthew and he said to him, follow me. Matthew left the tax office and followed Jesus, which means Matthew had to keep an account for that. And in what he was doing, not only was he receiving the taxes and people would pay him the taxes, but he would go over that and he would take more than what was necessary. That's why tax collectors at that time were despised because they were also crooked and they would take more than what was necessary. But Jesus tells him, come follow me. And Matthew does. There was a rich man who wanted to follow Jesus and he said, Jesus, I'm doing all of these things. I followed the commandments. I did all of these things. What more do I need to do? And Jesus was like, oh, if you want to be perfect, then go sell everything, give that to the poor, and then come follow me. And that man left sad because he had so much wealth. And it wasn't even about how much money he had. It was that he just couldn't give up all that he had. He could have had $10, but yet that would have been difficult because that's, that's what he had. But when Jesus says, no, if you, if you want to be perfect, in other words, he wasn't telling him to sell everything. He was giving him the principle of, you're looking at this wrong. I'm not telling you to be perfect, but if you want to be perfect, then you got to do all of these things, including selling everything that you have and then give it to the poor. And then come follow me if you want to be perfect. Because if that's what you're saying, then yeah, of course, I can see why it's hard for you to follow me because you're trying to be perfect. Perfect people can't follow Jesus. Imperfect people, oh, we can definitely follow Jesus because we need to. Remember that game playing as a, as a young kid? Uh, there would be someone that would maybe ride their bike or whatever else, ride their skateboard, and you had to follow the leader. If you didn't follow the leader and they did some crazy move on, the, on a hill, they jumped you know, with their bike or their skateboard and you couldn't do it, like, you're out. I don't know what happened to those guys because I never lose. <laughs> just playing, just playing. I lose plenty of times. But you're out. What Jesus is saying is that's kind of the same thing. You, you got to keep your eyes on me so that when I move, you move. When I speak, you speak. When I don't, you don't. How I love, you love. He gave himself as the, the model the perfect example of how we're to live our lives. And we try other things. We try books. We try videos, whatever else. We, we try to have improvement. And nothing wrong with trying to improve ourselves, but we can think that those things is what's going to make us become the people we're supposed to be. Well, when Jesus himself says, no, I, I, I know how you're supposed to live Jesus is so good at reminding us that we will have opportunity after opportunity to give every reason why we're not going to follow him. And it could be an excuse. It could be even our very own careers. It could be the choices we make, selfishness. It could be trauma. So he gives us the remedy to all that we'll ever face. It wasn't a program. It wasn't a reading plan. It was himself. He said, you come follow me. Peter struggled with that, one of the disciples. He said to Jesus, and one of them was uh, another disciple named John. And he said, hey, what about, what about John? 
And Jesus said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Because it's interesting as human beings, we can easily gravitate to someone else and say, how come I don't have their life? Why is it that they're doing well? Do you know what they're doing and they get all of those things? How come God is blessing them and not me? Why do I have to go through this and not them? I've been following you more than them and now how how come they're not being punished for the things that they're doing? They're not even doing things legal and they have all of these things and I'm trying to do things legal and I have nothing. How is that fair, God? And it's like Jesus saying, hey, don't worry about that. You come follow me. You, you, you follow me. Don't worry about that. I got that. I, don't worry. I can see all those things too. So don't worry about that. But you follow me. And when we follow Jesus, yes, it comes with some difficulties. But I'd rather follow Jesus with difficulties than not follow him having a smooth sailing life. Because what happens in the end? Think about it. Following him today, it's not just for today. It's for all of eternity. I know some people, they're like, no, you know what? When I die, I'm going to be leaving God. I'm like, I don't know if I get time. Like, how, how do you know you're going to take your last breath? Like, no, I'm just going to live however I like. Then right before I die, I'll call upon him as Lord and Savior. I'm like, that's the dumbest plan. <laughs> what kind of plan is that? It's like us dodging cars growing up. Never work. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you're in the hospital. It's like, why would you, why would you risk on the side of eternal separation from God when you can have that today? So we follow Jesus from today into eternity. Because if the mentality is, well, I, when I die, that's when I'm going to follow him, it's, it, it doesn't work that way. Or you might be thinking, no, 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 I have a good life. I don't need Jesus. Okay, what happens when you die? Like, there's going to come a time where you're going to need him because no one comes to God except through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, why is he the way, the truth, and the life? Because he is the only perfect person that has ever lived that was able to die a perfect death so that we could stand before a perfect God. In other words, he paid that final sacrifice for the sins that caused us death and eternal separation from God. He says, I'll, you know what? I'll die for them because they couldn't live a perfect life. Therefore, you cannot have access to a perfect and holy God and a perfect place called heaven. You will ruin it. So let me die in your, on your behalf. And now I stand in your place before the Father. And when he sees me and you, there's perfection in me. So now you can come before the Father. We even use the phrase, God is my judge. So you don't judge me. And I've heard that before. I used to use that phrase before, like God, God is my judge. So I would do whatever I wanted to do. And then people would be like, man, that's not the best way to, oh, God is my judge. He's my judge. Then I learned, I don't want God to be my judge. I'd rather him be my savior. I don't want him to be my judge. That means I'm guilty. I want to be known as I'm following Jesus as best as I can. I recognize him as my Lord and savior and he's my savior and my Lord. I want to stand before God behind Jesus, not, not God judging me, but being declared righteous in his eyes because of Jesus. But it requires us following Jesus. 
And he even says in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's like, these are basic instructions. He says, if anyone, in other words, no one is excluded from following Jesus. No one is excluded from heaven. No one is excluded from standing before God. Everyone's included. Jesus himself said, no, if anyone desires, anyone, yep, anybody. What about the worst sinner you can think of? If you're thinking of yourself, absolutely. You can stand before me. Yes, absolutely. The worst things that could ever happen to a human being, that person, if they did that to someone, they have an opportunity? Absolutely. If anyone desires to come after me. So he gives us these, these things, right? Deny myself. So let's take a look at that first one, denying ourselves. And normally, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I instantly go to food. Like I can deny, I can deny, I can deny some food. I just did this morning. Someone brought this uh, like, a, like a pastry thing from Trader Joe's, like imported. We didn't even have Trader Joe's. What? We don't have Trader Joe's in this state, right? Yeah, so we had to import that thing. It was so good. Like I've never tasted a pastry like that. And it was a small little piece. And normally I don't eat before I, I speak because I'm a holy person. And so I give up those rights. So I can speak with passion. But I, I, I try not to eat. So they had these pastry, pastry things, and it's so good. But I instantly go to food because it seems like that's the most easiest or logical thing to deny myself. Right? We deny, we, we, some of us, we don't deny ourselves certain foods. We, we have to not eat those foods. Because we go to the doctors and they say, you know, Sheldon, your, your uh, levels are up. Your numbers are up. And we don't go to the doctors, many of us, because we know what they're going to say. So we don't go thinking that it's going to trick our bodies. Like, no, I don't know. I'm supposed to eat healthy. So the doctor never told me anything. So I can still eat Spam Musubis and ice cream and candies. When I go to the doctor and then they tell me, then I'll change. So we just never go to the doctors. In denying ourselves because we have to, because of health, that's a tough one. It's always a tough one. And doctors are so blunt. Thank you to our doctors that serve. And, and, and thank you, if you're in here or you're watching online, thank you for telling us the truth. Because our wives have been telling us for a long time, and we got to pay you to tell us the same thing our wives have been telling us for decades. And they'll be honest because they have to. They care about us that much. Your numbers are up. You need to stay away from these things. And we're like, okay, I'll try. No, you shouldn't try. You need to. Well, what if I don't? You'll die. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, how long do I have? Uh, six months. Six months? I have six months. Well, you had 40 years, but you didn't listen to your spouse. Something like six months. I better work out. I better, I better, and we change in a day. We're like, oh, honey, I'm, I'm healthy now. I didn't work out and run eight miles yesterday. I never eat nothing. I never even put shoyu on my rice. I drank water all day. I'm doing good now. Check, check my levels right now. Go. Check my levels. And we think at that particular time, we denied certain things, and now we're better in one instance. But denial of self is more than just food. It's what we watch, what we see, what we put into our bodies spiritually, even mentally. Like, what is happening in us? And sometimes anger is there. So we say, oh, I don't want to get angry. I don't want to get angry because I can lose it. 
And so we deny ourselves. Oh, like punch that guy in his head, but I cannot because I'm Christian. Yet there's still anger in there. It's just not the action of it. And so it's, it's still there. But what does it mean to deny myself? What is it? <laughs> Did I say something? I don't know what I said. <laughs> but you deny yourself. But the second thing he said is, now you're going to have to pick up your cross. And what does that mean? That means we got to do the hard work. It's the second thing. It takes a lot of work. I, when I first thought of pick up your cross, when he said pick up your cross, I was like, well, I had a gold cross. I'm wearing that. Do I have to build one? I literally thought that. Do I have to build one? Because I saw people that would, they would build a cross and they would use that as their way of, of talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ and they would carry a cross. And I thought, man, that's, that is hard. I got to carry my cross. But that's actually a lot easier than actually carrying our cross that Jesus is referring to. But then he gave us the breather. After denying yourself, carrying your cross, it's now following him. Think about it. He, to deny yourself and then to do the hard work and then to follow Jesus, which is the last thing, it's almost like Jesus was saying, you know, the first two are going to be difficult as a result of following me. Yeah, to follow Jesus in the, in the, in the context of just understanding and following him and, and spiritually following him and, and loving him and all of that, yes, we can do that. But to follow him, as in follow the leader and do what he does, do what he did, think how he thinks, speak how he speaks, that now it becomes more challenging. And it affects our lives in such an unbelievable way because we cannot follow Jesus with one without the other. We, we cannot follow him if we don't deny ourselves and we can't follow him unless we do the hard work of carrying our cross. And, 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 and it's not do the hard work so that you gain salvation, so that we can now gain God's favor. It's not that. It's, there's purpose now to doing the hard work because in any relationship, it takes work if you want that relationship to thrive. Right, married people? Yeah, oh, somebody was loud. <laughs> I was like, yeah. You know how hot it is? My goodness, he's right here. It's difficult. It was difficult even dressing him. He's walking out of the house. I'm like, you wearing that? He's like, yeah, why? <sighs> At least put on one shirt. <laughs> so every relationship is difficult, much less the one with the Son of God. But thanks be to God that he did what he did. In fact, he did the hard work that we couldn't do, which was dying on the cross, making us and declaring us righteous in the sight of God. We couldn't do that, but he could, and he did the hard work. So here's the question, and this is our take-home, or takeaway. What does your cross look like, and what does it signify? Because on the surface, right, we deal with a lot of these things. Let's, let's just use anger. If you're struggling with anger, right, we're an angry person or, or we're just short-tempered. Like everything, everything turns into a yelling match. Everything turns into, I'm just frustrated. You wake up mad. Like first thing, it's like, oh, it's so hot. So hot today. Who closed the windows? It was cold last night. Well, it's not hot. It's not cold now. It's hot. It's hot. Honey, maybe you're going through menopause. Men don't go through that. They just mad at everything. Who left the juice? Only get a little bit inside. Who left the juice in? Oh, it was me last night. Forget that one. Who left the keys 
in the car. Somebody could have stole it last night. Like everything is a yelling match. Everything is mad. Everything is anger. I was reliving my life back in the day. So anger, there's selfishness. How come I choose a long word? Selfishness. Ooh, let's choose a short word I can write down. Envy. Maybe there's envy. The shortest word I get a hard time spelling. Envy, we have that. There's also bitterness. That's a long word. There's bitterness. Um, There's jealousy. (laughs) Sesame Street comes in clutch. I'm telling you that. It comes in clutch in these moments live on camera. And you can add whatever you want, whatever, whatever emotion you want to put on there, right? Because there are tons of emotions that we deal with. And sometimes what we do is we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, help my anger, help my selfishness, help, my, help, be, help me because I'm envious, jealousy. Maybe, maybe it's um, insecurity, distrust. And, and we're dealing with those things. And we think, okay, Jesus, help me with that, which he wants to. And we all have some type of emotion that we deal with. But it could possibly be that we've been trying to work on these things when that's not the problem. And if you know anything about psychology and and how our emotions work, this is not the problem. This is a result of the problem. This is secondary. Right? It's everything else beneath the surface. So I'll just draw this. And what we tend to forget is life consists of a lot of emotions that are actually buried deep beneath the surface because of this one simple word, trauma. That's a tough one. Because of this, all of these things happen, and it's buried deep beneath the surface. It's actually underneath, under the ground, where we cannot see. We see all of this. We just see this small little entrance of this big well that's under the surface of our life. And because of this under-the-surface well, we think it's all this. And the problem is we just don't want to go here. We don't want to. You know who's the only person who really wants to visit this place? Is Jesus. Because he's good. He's super good at visiting the darkest places of our life. Because he's the light of the world. It's not dark when Jesus goes there. In fact, that's where healing really takes place is when we bring Jesus with us to that place. And we allow him to deal with this that we could not deal with. We try all the surface things. We try to be kind. We try to be nice. We try to work things out in jealousy. We try to trust. We try to forgive. But he says there's something else beneath the surface that you have not dealt with yet. So you need to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross. And then you got to come follow me. And I'll be with you. And it's going to be difficult. But you want to deal with this, otherwise it's going to be with you through your entire life, always dragging you back down to the pit, always pulling you down, and you think this is what you have to deal with. It's not. These are the results of what is happening under here. So I'm letting you know, these are the signs, this, this is the warning light that comes on to let you know 
that there's something else that you got to deal with, and we don't want to go there. We were abused. We were physically abused. Things happened to us that no one else knows, that we, don't, we just can't tell anyone. We were touched inappropriately. We were said mean things. We were in situations that we didn't know we were in. We found ourselves in a relationship that just was unhealthy, and we didn't know how to get out of it. Could be anything. We try our very best to self-diagnose, but Jesus says, let, let me help you. Let me go with you. But you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to pick that up. But, you, but know that, that you're going to be able to follow me too in that. And so we follow Jesus more than our emotions, more than our trauma. This is what Jesus wants us to address. He wants to do that with us. And he knows that it's going to be beneficial for us. And we think, if we can just take care of these things, I'll be free, I'll, I'll, I'll have a better life, and, and I won't have to worry about so-and-so because bitterness is taken care of. No, there's a root of bitterness, the root of jealousy. And we think that if I can just take care of those things, I'll be free, I'll be happy. No, we won't. The freedom is only through Jesus Christ when he takes care of the things we just can't take care of. But he comes with us, and he shows us the way and we let him take over. We benefit from following Jesus with all of the things that have happened to us and all of the trauma. We benefit, and so do other people around us. They will benefit from it. To deny ourselves and to think of others in a healthy way brings health to all of our relationships. And to do the hard work of becoming a healthy person spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, even socially, will yield great results and fruit in our lives. But all of that is in vain unless, unless we follow Jesus, unless we allow him to go there with us so that we can deny ourselves, do the hard work, and follow him because there's now purpose and value to doing the hard work and denying ourselves. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. We get that. But then again, what is the alternative? Well, what do we do? Do we follow people or books or things? And then if we are, we're not following Jesus, how is that working for us right now? That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, and we, we quote this scripture very often because it's, it makes so much more sense the more we get to know Jesus. He says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Not on our trauma or the results or the emotion, but on Jesus. Let him, let him focus on this. You, you let him go with you in that place. You let him revisit those moments. And that is a difficult thing because we got to go there. And sometimes we do need professional help to go there. But know that Jesus is with you. And we may not have the skill to go there. We may need to go to a doctor. And they will help us. For some of us, maybe you're at a place in your life where you say, no, I, I'm okay. I can, I, can, I can go there with Jesus. I, I can do this. I can go there with him. Because I can fix my eyes on Jesus and it continues that he is the author and perfecter 
of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I'm going to ask us to do something, and if you're not comfortable, you can do this later. But we're going to, we're going to pray together, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. And in this prayer, what you're going to do is you're, going to, you're just going to pray to Jesus and say, Jesus, can you come with me and visit those areas that I just don't want to go to? And maybe even at this time, if you're saying, you know what, Jesus, I just can't go there. Can you go there? And then can you do something? Can you bring healing there? Can, can you do this for me? Because I, I, I'm not able to right now. Or maybe later on, you find yourself in a place, maybe in your room or a quiet place that you say to Jesus, okay, now I'm ready. You can do that. And the prayer is simple. It's allowing him to visit the places we don't want to go to. And it's when we follow him, knowing what he did for us, that we're able to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him because we trust him and now we understand who he is for us and we love him. Lord Jesus, you denied yourself. You carried the cross so that we could follow you. And you're, you stay so close by that even if we were able to stray a little bit, we're still able to find you and follow you even when we're carrying our own cross. You expect nothing of us that you didn't already carry out for us because we couldn't. You did all that you did so we could just simply follow you. And so here's our prayer, Lord. If we we're asking you right now to come with us to that incident that happened could have been years ago months ago a few weeks or even days but we're asking that you would come with us to revisit that moment and just be with us can you be present and when we think in our mind that we were there we felt alone we felt betrayed we felt dirty we felt abandoned we felt less than Whatever feeling we had, Lord, can you be there with us? Because you were, we just never thought you were. Can you renew our minds so that from this day forward, when we think of that situation, that incident, that traumatic part of our life, from this day forward, we will have recognized that you were with us from that point on and that we were following you. Renew our mind, Lord. We fix our eyes on you. And we understand that you, Jesus, would never abuse us. You, Jesus, would never speak down on us. You, Jesus, would never lay a hand on us in an abusive situation. You, Jesus, would never touch us inappropriately. You, Jesus, would never say things that demean us. You, Jesus, would never put us down. And you, Jesus, would never take away hope from us. And you, Jesus, would love us even though we're so-called unlovable in others' eyes. You always want us. You always want to be with us. You treasure us because we belong to you. And so we thank you for being the one that helps us through all of our trauma and the various emotions that we deal with. We ask that you would be the one who directs us, instructs us, and loves us even in our trauma. 
who just want to simply be your followers. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And we all sit together. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for hanging in there with us today. We pray that you would have a great day and a beautiful afternoon. Keep processing with, process it with Jesus. Keep going to him. Sometimes you have to talk it out with people because it can be a little heavy. And if it was heavy for you, process it with the right people. Process it with Jesus. Uh, even for us as pastors, if you wanted to do that with us, we're fine. Um, but know that Jesus wants to bring complete healing. He wants to do that. And he's very good at it. Okay, I will see you guys later. God bless you guys. See you also online. And if you want to, this Wednesday we'll start our uh, video series. Have a great day, you guys.